Okay, this is uh, Sociology 101. We're at Chapter 5. Uh, this is going to be Part 7, I think. Um, we're talking about uh, Piaget, page 120, where um, under the evaluation section, the second paragraph, it says that people in traditional societies are uh, basically not as smart as us. So this is the uh, evolutionary model. Um, and it's actually been contradicted by some great research by a guy right at UCSD. Um, his name escapes me right now, but he studied uh, the Trobian Islanders who uh, would go across vast stretches of the ocean uh, in the fastest way possible by doing complex calculations on the fly in terms of wind speed and, and the strength of the waves and things like that. The the Navy actually used to study them to try to figure out how they did it. Um, so that shows you that people in traditional societies can think abstractly and critically. And quite frankly, to suggest otherwise is just racist. So um, that would be uh, the second perspective. The third perspective is what I like to call the social construction perspective. And that would say that no one around the world thinks abstractly and critically very well. It's too difficult. Uh, for example, statistics tells us that in a room of 23 people, the chances that two people would have the same birthday are greater than 50%. Um, most of us would think the chances would be maybe 5%. So it's very hard to think abstractly and critically. So that's a real problem to suggest that people in traditional societies are not as smart as we are. Um, we've shown, I think, especially recently, our uh, incredible ability to make stupid decisions on a regular basis. Um, and then it says in the book, even in the United States, perhaps 30% of people never reach the formal operational stage. That's the highest stage of intellectual development. Now, again, um, it's very difficult to measure how smart people are because people uh, are, are smart about different things. I mean, I like to think I know sociology, and yet uh, a really good auto mechanic can just listen to an engine, basically tell you how many miles are on it, and tell you everything that's wrong with the car just by listening. And uh, I can't find my way around an auto, uh, automobile engine to save my life. So the idea that you could measure something like intelligence and rank it uh, is not very convincing to me. And again, uh, I think I might have mentioned this. If you want to, you could read a book called The Mismeasure of Man by Stephen Jay Gould about the history of IQ testing. Um, there was never any reason to believe that that measures intelligence. Okay. So uh, that's uh, Piaget. Now, um, Kohlberg has a theory of moral development that uh, starts with the pre-conventional stage, then the conventional, then the post-conventional stage. And Kohlberg came up with a little test to measure uh, where people were at in these stages. And after measuring or testing all kinds of men and women at different ages, from uh, early ages to adulthood, he found that women did not score as well on his test as men did. Um, and therefore, he 
concluded, not that there's anything wrong with this test, because he's a Harvard psychologist, how could there be anything wrong with this test? He concluded that women, on in general, are, reach a lower level of moral development than men. Again, this is an example of scientific sexism. Just how Freud said that women have a, a weaker superego than men, Kohlberg is sort of suggesting the same thing. They have a lower level of moral development. And this is uh, clearly an example of sexism. So Kohlberg had a, a student named Carol Gilligan, uh, and you'll see that they're actually uh, referenced uh, by in saying that 30% of people in the United States never reached a formal operational stage. So she used to work with Kohlberg. But then when he suggested that women reach a lower level of moral development, she broke with him, and she argued against him in a book called... Um, they don't have the book title here. How awful is that? Let me see if I can remember. Oh, it's called In a Different Voice. And basically what she argues is that women don't have a different moral, a lower level of moral development. They just speak a different moral language. Men, she suggests, speak a language of justice, and women speak a language of care. This represents a break with the stage sequential developmental model, because what she's saying is you can't measure everybody by the same rubric. It's not universal. So what Gilligan does is uh, use as an example uh, two 12-year-olds, a boy and a girl named Jake and Amy. Um, most boys like math, but Jake wants to be a writer. Most girls prefer English, but Amy wants to be an astronaut. So they don't follow the gender stereotype in that way, but they do follow the gender stereotype in terms of how they reason morally. And um, I'll go into that in the next podcast.